as I prepare to share the new podcast cover art and the new podcast name with you very soon, I thought it would be really fun to go and revisit some of the recent episodes and the golden bits of energy and words that have all guided me and supported me into creating the space to hear, to hear what this new name is supposed to be, what this being that is meant to emerge through the vessel that is me is wanting to be named as, referred as. And so this episode is a beautiful puzzle of some really, really potent teachings and shares. And I'm excited to go on this journey with you. May this episode support you in connecting to your own inner soul knowing, to your own version of authenticity, and to the courage of hearing your voice and sharing your voice with the world, because your voice matters. And you are divinely guided to listen to this now, because perhaps there's something bubbling up, something brewing. You've been hearing the call. But the pause has been incredibly sacred and important. So I really encourage you to continue honoring the pause, the void. It gets really uncomfortable. I know for me it does. But the more we allow ourselves to be in the unknown and the uncertainty without the answers, the more space we are able to hold for the most beautiful, unimaginable, illogical outcomes. So keep trusting that space. Keep giving yourself the grace, and let me know what you take away from this and how it blossoms in your own life. Before we begin, I'm so excited to introduce you to the sponsor of this episode, Mudwater. It's one of my favorite products that I use every single day. I'll be honest with you, it's been on my list of dream brands to partner with for years, probably since I started the podcast. Okay, so what is Mudwater? If we're connected on Instagram or TikTok, you probably have already seen me making my morning beverage with Mudwater. Here's the thing. Mudwater is a coffee alternative, but I love drinking it with my coffee. I typically make a shot of espresso, froth some oat milk with Mudwater, and serve it hot or rice depending on the weather. Mudwater has four adaptogenic mushrooms and Ayurvedic herbs. It's got functional mushrooms, which I love, like lion's mane, chaga, and reishi, plus spices like cinnamon and turmeric, and it gives you the energy without the crash or anxiety or jitters because it has one-seventh of the caffeine of a cup of coffee. Now, what I notice is when I drink coffee alone, there's jitters, and a little bit later on, there's a crash. When I drink it with mud water, I don't get all these weird coffee side effects. On its own, mud water is like a next level chai cacao beverage. The cool thing about it is that it easily dissolves in liquid, whether it's nut milk or water. There's no brewing needed. I typically use a handheld frother and it does the job really, really well. In the summer, I also love making a mud water chai smoothie with almond milk, frozen banana almond butter, collagen, and mud water. It's so, so good. Mud water comes in recyclable tins. They are really beautiful. I love reusing them. And what I've been doing is subscribing to the 100 serving bag of mud water and then just refilling my tin. There aren't a lot of products I love enough to subscribe to, and this is one of them. 
To try Mudwater, you can go to mudwater.com and use code Ksenia to get 15% off your first purchase. That's M-U-D-W-T-R dot com and use code Ksenia, K-S-E-N-I-A, for 15% off. Currently, all orders ship within U.S. and Canada. Another reason I love Mudwater is because they donate a percentage of earnings to psychedelic research, which is a field that is dear to my heart and one that has come up in so many of podcast conversations. I am so grateful to partner with such aligned brands to be sponsors of the show. It helps pay for all of the production costs. And honestly, every time I think about it, I'm just so moved and grateful that I get to do what I love the most, which is to have these conversations and I get to get paid for it. It really shows me that it is possible to be in our highest expression and our highest service and be provided for, fully provided for. I get to amplify a brand that I believe in with my full heart, and you potentially get to discover a new brand and a new product that will add value to your own life. Now, let's get to the episode. This bit is from my conversation with my dear friend Aaron Rose in episode 174 in which Aaron shares some of his journey with integrating different aspects of self, and I share my most profound psychedelic experience of all time and the lessons that I'm still integrating from it. I'm going to link to every episode you hear outtakes from in the show notes, so if you're called, you can always go and listen or re-listen to the full conversation. I've been through so many iterations of claiming my authenticity and embodying it. And I've hit these places where I feel a combination of like hard won, a hard one sense of mastery, but hard one sense of mastery lasts for a little while until it begins to cycle back around to like youthful hubris in the way that we spiral through lessons again and again. And I feel like I'm back in that place in the spiral where I'm very humbly listening to what authenticity actually looks like for me in this next season of my life. So this unplanned but very intentional conversation feels like just a gift in that process. Yes. Thank you for reminding me that the seeds of this were planted of us just kind of picking up each other's frequencies in the field and being like, hey, I've been in a cocoon. Hey, I've been in a cocoon. I'm just starting to emerge. Let's see where we're at. And I feel like last time we really deeply caught up, I was honestly a different human being. You know how they talk about ourselves constantly changing? Well, I feel that my whole cell body system changed in the past week alone. And for the first time ever, I actually understand what the word sovereignty means, not from how we can put it into words, how we can explain it to ourselves, to others on our Instagram, but truly like embodied clicked in. And it's like that with everything. We can't rush understanding any of these profound but simple rememberings. But when they click can, it's like, oof, okay, it's huge. And I remember when we worked together, you really guided me and pushed me very lovingly into being myself, just like waking up and being like, Hey God, I'm Ksenia. Let's do this. You know, I'm surrendering my will to you. Let's just have fun, blast some music, 
mirror affirmations. And it was in the context of me feeling like I've outgrown breakfast criminals. And I knew something was arising. I didn't yet know what it was. And then slowly at home with Xenia arose and I shifted my breakfast criminals Instagram, which has been a huge part of my identity for almost a decade into at home with Xenia. And then I also shifted the name of my podcast to funded by source. And, you know, there's such beautiful boxes to check. I've been getting so many compliments on funded by source. It's such a clean source inspired name that represents so much about this new perspective of how the new paradigm is going to be built. And I was a week ago, exactly, actually at this time, right now, it was starting to kick in. I was in a ceremony and I was just taken, you know, when they say I've been taken through a birth canal and I just saw everything and nothing. And I never really knew, you know, is this something that actually feels like they explain it, or maybe there's not enough words to actually describe what it is. And I actually experienced it. Like I went through the birth canal. I saw everything on the other side. I saw all of the webs of the matrix that I've been so busy living and distracting myself from who I am, my soul. And a lot of my ceremony was really uncomfortable shit that I just wanted to run away from. And a lot of it was making so much fun of myself. You know, one of the invitations you gave me one of our sessions was to compost like old thoughts, old beliefs, old ways of showing up and allow it to be transformed into something that is present right now. And I just saw how much of my desire to create these identities and build these brands and appear good in a certain way, how much of that, even like composting and at home with Xenia had a whole energetically had a whole context of it's this mindfulness woman who lives in nature and, and her sighting is, you know, it's sustainably sourced and it's zero waste and it's shipped mindfully. Even a nice person delivered it and brought me this dead butterfly. And it was so beautiful and spiritual. And I just saw how much, even of the good things that we think are good for the planet and good for us, for these human bodies, how much of it has become in my life, a distraction and how much energy was going towards just appearing, you know, oh, I'm sustainable. I'm inclusive. I am pro this. I am anti that. And all of these labels were just like totally burned. And so now I'm re-emerging and you're going to be one of the first guests on the Ksenia Brief podcast. Amazing. Goodbye labels. I feel, I have full body chills right now. If people are only listening to the audio, I've just had this like ear to ear grin, just witnessing this and and feeling the truth, like the truth, your truth, and also the place where I resonate so deeply with those moments where you wake up and you're just like, here I am once again in a box that I consciously built brick by brick for myself, thinking that it was authenticity. And it was, but actually there was a deeper drive for safety and appearing good. That is like my Achilles heel. That is my, that has been my growth edge as well. And when all of a sudden you wake up and you're just, you realize that you have the key to the door and you walk out of oh, the life that you've built into something more authentic yet again. So I would love to hear anything else that you want to share about, yeah, what was feeling inauthentic and what is this realer, truer, 
you or you that you are stewarding now? Mm, so much of it has been having the invitation to just be myself. It's so simple, right? Just be yourself, be authentic. And I didn't really understand what it is. And now there's this deep understanding of my only job is to vibrate at the frequency of my own nature and everything else is not up to me. And my biggest contribution to the field is when I'm truly myself. And, you know, I realized that being human is only really tough when we try to be more than human. So part of that. Yo, let's just take a moment for that. <laughs> that right there is who that has been hitting me so deeply lately. Being human is only really tough when we try to be something more than human. Which we are. And we also chose to come into this lifetime and like a crystal, gather all, all the energy up and put in a human body. So towards the age of the ceremony and edge, oh, interesting edge. I don't know where that word's coming in. We'll see. Towards the end of the ceremony, when I was landing back in my body, I just thought, okay, what the hell do I do with this now? How in the world do I live when you've seen all of the energies, how they work together, how we create everything, how the whole matrix of our lives is just us creating roles that we end up playing full time. <laughs> you know, what do I do now? Like, cool. All right. And then I just waxed my body, put a nice cream on after a really nice shower under the stars. And I just felt this clicking in into the body of just like waves of, okay, this is a female body. I feel very aligned with it. How can I honor it? And how can I love, allow and love the sexual energy to move through it as the life force that has landed in this human body and that has chosen to stay on this earth? Because in the beginning, there was a choice. There was all these human reasons, pretty valid reasons why I could choose not to stay. I mean, anything is valid. Anything that we allow our fear to feed becomes validated by other humans or by just energy outside of us. That's what I've seen. And I initially actually chose to stay and not to leave this body and cross over to the other realm for good out of fear. I really didn't want others to be in pain. I didn't want my loved ones, my friends to be in pain and suffer and be in grief. And, you know, it was this arc towards the end of it. I realized that living out of avoiding pain, whether that's mine or someone else's, is not what we're, we came here to be. It's not what I came here to be. And I really, I believe none of us came here to live in avoidance because that kind of energy just takes up so much of our life force and ends up clogging all of the channels of creation. And so I was just invited to recreate what am I here to do? What am I here to be? And it became very clear, you know, after all of the laughter at myself, having all of these reusable totes that I shop with and doing the compost, I was shown so clearly that that's not about it. It's about me just choosing to show up as myself. And, you know, a huge piece that clicked in there was often I look at other people who appear to me as these confident beings who just so easily show up. 
And I wonder, you know, like, where did they gather up this confidence to just like do these vlogs and do these Instagrams and podcasts and just like trust that people will care. And even though with my work with my mentor, Michelle and everything else I'm doing, I've realized that, okay, validation is not it. So then it's self-sourced. And what I saw is that it's a self-choosing process. It's not that someone is going to come to me, which is what I've relied on up until now, up until a week ago. I've relied on people to come to me and say, hey, Breakfast Criminals is such a cool name. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, let's go create content. Or someone would be like, oh, you're funded by source. Oh, my gosh. It's so spiritual and expansive. Oh, my gosh. And I would just like jive on that energy and like hop on that surfboard and create content on that surfboard. But I didn't realize that the surfboard was actually B-Y-O, like it's mine. I get to create it. I get to bring it. And I'm the one who gets to choose. And it's only between me and my soul, me and source. And it's like a whole new understanding of how I can show up from the place of being me and nothing else matters. No outside validation is nearly as important as me knowing that I've done what I've been meant to do in this moment. So beautiful. Thank you for sharing all of this and walking through this and speaking about, you know, that choice point, because anytime, you know, we're really being reborn into a more authentic embodiment, at least in my experience, like we come to the authentic face off with death, however that looks, whether it's like truly about a choice to stay in the human body or it's hitting the human body and the nervous system and the consciousness in the same way of, oh my gosh, like I, I am passing through like a a place of no return on a certain level. And there's so much that I'm having to let go of in order to step into what this next thing is. And there is that, I wrote down fertile void earlier. Like there's that moment of, it's like a pregnant pause where it's like you're aloft between both realities and you're not sure if you're going to fall into the chasm in between them and you can't actually reverse the momentum to stay where you were, but you're still not quite sure experientially on a human level, like how it's going to feel to be in the other place. Um, So I'm just honoring like the bravery that I hear in your process I would love to hear more about the shift in the name of the podcast and like what, if there's more you want to share about like what it is that you're meant to bring through this like Mm -hmm. beautiful human crystal that you are. (laughs) And the crystal thing is actually so resonant because it's like this choice to embody a frequency in a deeply, deeply tangible way. Mm. Yeah. You know, in the past couple of weeks, one thing I've realized because I've done different things, I've done blog, Instagram, TikTok, very various expressions of different messages that I'm bringing. And podcast has remained a constant that feels so aligned and it truly feels like a home. And I get to connect so deeply with myself, with my guests, with my listeners. It's my favorite platform. And what I realized is in the past two weeks, I have been getting very frustrated with the fact that, okay, I've rebranded. Now 
It's a very aligned name funded by source. It's a beautiful cover. People are loving it. And yet the downloads are kind of still the same. The reviews, you know, are kind of still not popping off. And my ego was just getting so frustrated that, okay, I did everything that looks so cute. All the marketing things are right. The branding things are right. And yet there isn't like thousands and millions, whatever those numbers are for each category, you know, millions of downloads. And my mentor, Michelle, actually asked me, she said, why is it important for you to have thousands of reviews and millions of downloads? And I realized that there's part of me that somewhere hidden deep inside knows that for sure, if there are way more downloads and reviews, then it will reach more people and remind them the truth of who they are. Cause that's what ultimately the conversations that I hold are about. It's exploring these different roadmaps of truths that like little sparks drop into people's hearts and remind them who they are in their own way. That's my intention. And yes, that part exists, but then I discovered there's like a shadow part of it that was still very present too. And it's this validation of, oh, and then, you know, it will be featured on Apple and I'll be able to get certain amount of money for certain amount of brand sponsorships. And it was very much this external validation of, oh, look, like she has a top podcast, top hundred podcasts in the US, whatever, like all of, there's so many labels that I've collected over the years that mean nothing. And Eric beautifully reminded me, you know, when I was complaining to him, I only get 10,000 downloads a month. What am I going to do? You know, I've been putting so much energy and so much love into this. Like what the hell? And he just said, I don't know who's talking right now. Cause this is not how I see you. And 10,000 downloads is 10,000 opportunities to inspire someone. And I really heard it, but I didn't have the space to truly receive it in my heart. But once I saw how even beyond the validation piece, even the name funded by source became very limiting. In the beginning, it was this beautiful invitation to co-create with the energy of co-creating with God, you know, how you're insanely amazing course. God is my boss. It's to me, that's like very similar energy of like, when I allow myself to take it step-by-step and be the channel that I'm meant to be, I am provided for taking this leap into co-creating with your soul, co-creating with God, with the divine, with the universe. And I realized that within me, even naming the podcast funded by source and posing that question to my guests of, so how are you funded by source? Okay. You do all these cool things. That's awesome. I'm very drawn to your work, but how do you get the money in the bank? And it was the part of me that still didn't believe, even though I've lived it, there's part of me that believed that I need, need, needed proof. I needed to go around the world and collect it so that I can believe that I can be funded by source and I can take that leap. And I just realized that I'm done asking because I know that I am funded by source. So let, when we go beyond that, what's possible? It's just creation. And I started writing down the names of all the different directors. You know, I want to have the creator of Mr. Robot on my show. I want to have the creator of C on my podcast. And within the context of previous podcast names, it would have been just so small. And with just my name being the name of the podcast, it's just... I'm going to hold the space and I'm going to get out of the way. And when I'm meant to get out of the way, 
and I'm going to sprinkle some medicine if I'm meant to. And if I'm the only person who's meant to listen to it, that's cool too, because the alchemy is just in me being present to it. And, you know, I reserve the right to change the name of the podcast next week again, <laughs> but all I know is my truth in this moment. And in this moment, I'm learning how to be Ksenia Brief, learning to be this chick in this body. And that's all I can do. And that's all I know in this moment. Amen. It's beautiful. I'm just, I'm just taking it all in, just witnessing and feeling like the deeply expansively grounded truth that I see you living into. And I love the way that you've like allowed yourself to make and remake the podcast and yourself, right? Because it's this constant, you know, even now with the levels of embodiment and authenticity that we're both stepping into, it's like, there's going to be another level, right? And so it's also this like, practice of not clinging to what was working, even if it was working a week ago. And I just feel it's interesting to see how I just feel this really deep movement for a lot of us who've had that deep soul awakening, especially in the last few years, like that deep integration where it was like, whoa, okay. Like I understood that I was a soul having a temporary human experience, but like now I'm seeing it and getting it on this way deeper level. And you know, for me to kind of track back and see this like depth of connection that I cultivated with God and what that did for my life. And, you know, really even just understanding metaphysics and understanding like the unseen or the less seen laws behind how this reality works. And I've been personally saying that I feel like I'm in a season of coming down off the mountain with all of the spiritual truth integrated as still just one aspect of my deeply physical multidimensional human self. And I hear that in what you're saying as well. It's like you had to go to that pinnacle of the soul connection and the spiritual conversation. And now there's this like reopening. Is that how it's feeling for you or would you describe it differently? Yeah. It's also this humor <laughs> sense of humor. I'm just, you know, I sit down at my desk since last week and I look at all the crystals and all the cacao beans and all the flower essences. And I just tune into what I need. And I'm like, I need nothing. I am the crystal. I am the flower essence. I am everything I need. And, you know, not to disregard, like I still use all these things and love them and admire them, but there's a lot more, even coming out of the ceremony, there wasn't like a desire to do anything special. We watched Seinfeld. I never watched Seinfeld before. And the night when the ceremony ended, Eric was like, do you want to watch Seinfeld? And I said, yeah, sounds human enough. And, you know, even like designing my new podcast cover there, I was like, I just don't want it to look spiritual. I want it to look human. And I think so much of me was so attached to the methods of getting somewhere and appearing spiritual enough to myself. And now that that's out of the way, you know, when I knocked on the door, I heard the question, you know, you keep knocking, like, what do you want to see? Are you ready for this? Like, are you sure? And I said, yeah, I'm sure. And I just went on a roller coaster ride and I, I saw it after knocking for so many years. And, you know, previously in a, a lot of the probably, well, I guess all of the ceremonies, I haven't really gone that far. It ended up being healing for a lot of my 
human aspects, either this lifetime or past lifetimes, a lot of it would end up in me kind of just crying to Snatam Kaur and being like, okay, I know how to love myself. You know, just like unlocking piece by piece, these little things and integrating different lives that my soul has lived. And this time I really wanted to do that. I had all the playlists set up. I had my sheepskins and my amazing lights and everything was set up. And I was sitting there on my heated mat with all of these amazing things. And I couldn't because the being was just so loud and I really just needed to be present with it. And yet my brain was so busy trying to get me to do something else. When the being is so loud, which I also equate to sovereignty, like when we allow ourselves to be channels for that being, sovereign beings, and just be what we're meant to be in this moment, there's not really time to like look around or compare or go out of our lane. It's just, I guess that's why they call human, human being. It brings me to the energy of nature. Like I have a, a joke with one of my friends where we talk about having big whale energy. <laughs> and I think about how whales and trees, like if you feel kind of the, the weight of their energy and how much it impacts the world, but how rooted they are. And, you know, there are certain whales that swim very fast and move rapidly, but there is a huge amount of, when I think about like big blue whales and, you know, the, the biggest whales that exist, there is this, this sense of like, I am what I am and I'm holding my frequency and you're welcome. And also I don't need you to thank me because I'm just being myself mm. and I'm not bothered by the other tides and the big whales. You know, it's interesting that the biggest animals are often herbivores too, you know, like they're, those big whales are eating, I guess not an herbivore, but they're eating like the little plankton and things like that. And so there is almost that like humility as well of how they're flowing. And there's also this energy of being unmessable with, and I've been really into that vibe. And at the same time, as I'm learning from A Course in Miracles, even the idea of there's like an energy of defense and being unmessable with that's inviting attack. And that in itself is taking us from creating love or being love into being in the energy of fight and attack and defense and destruction. Sure. That quote in A Course in Miracles, in my defenselessness, my safety lies, that was like a multi-month ego death and spiritual awakening for me <laughs> a couple of years ago. It hit me. It called me all the way out in the ways that I was constantly trying to figure out better ways to armor myself against those who had presented themselves as bad guys rather than understanding like my part in perpetuating the conflict. The next bit is from episode 194 with Heather Hoffman, also known as Activation Vibration, who I got to know through Aaron Rose. And this transmission is all about allowing yourself to shine your light, not dimming anything because of the reactions you expect from others and transmuting darkness and fears and judgment so that you can shine at the full spectrum of who you came here to be and who you are as a soul. When I get forgetful or the world feels too heavy, Heather is one of my favorite people to go to. She is such a beautiful example of depth and lightness 
and true alchemy at the same time. If you don't yet follow her, check her out. She's such a light in the world. I have noticed you always have such a powerful, it feels like a family of people who are kind of reuniting in this lifetime in your comments. And it's really potent. And in one of your videos, you said, the reason you resonate is because you are meant to be it. And as if you're holding up this mirror for people to see within you aspects of themselves that are ready to come online. And that's why it's such a powerful experience. And in the beginning, you know, when you just started sharing from that place, it did take something to go out there and be that person, like you said. And I think we all have that higher expression of ourselves. I know for myself, I do, where I'm like, hold on, can I go this far? Are people going to cancel me if I do this? Are people going to think I just like lost my mind or I'm a conspiracy theorist or whatever labels are currently in our lingo, you know? What did it take for you to cross that line and just go full out and be that person? Wow. Yes. Even just as you asked that, I see it like tracing back to, it's like initially I'm like, there's just a very interesting energy of rebellion present within me that has been my entire life. Yet as it now traces back, it goes back to in childhood, having experienced multiple years of consistent trauma in my household consistently, I developed this desire to be free. Also, my life path number is five, which is freedom. So that could have something to do with it. But this desire to be free and like just shine and express and like free myself in every single way. And so I think that it was a lot, the trauma that I experienced where once I was free of that, I left my home at 14 years old. And once I was free of that, I gave no fucks. I kind of have always been this way where I have just been fully me expressing. And it used to be more in comedy. It used to be more in like expressing, dancing, performing, like this energy of joy and entertainment. And then when my channels shifted and I would experience again, spirit in my own self, but would have this like comedic, make everything funny. Like I experienced so much trauma, but I transmuted it all with humor and like survived it, thrived through it. Like now I'm able to deeply understand it on like a deep darkness level and from a light level, transmute it, alchemize it, use that energy to help others with humor is what helped that. So that was like my expression. I would rebel in that way where I just say shit and I still do. I just say what other people are thinking and don't want to say in situations, whether I know you don't know you, like I'm still loving, but I speak the truth where I'm like, oh, wait, can we all just acknowledge that that was just spoken of? Like I've always been that way. And I think when my channels shifted to where I was able to translate spirit in what I was experiencing in a way that others could feel, it was like, okay, that rebellious energy is coming out for this now too. Cause it's like, I'm really experiencing these things. People may think I'm crazy. I'm just going to do it. So it's been this like initial energy of desire to be free. And I think that I have that so intensely and I experienced what I experienced so that I could have this energy in essence where it's like something had to just initiate me and really is propelling me to continue to just show up where it's like, it's either this or nothing. Like I'm not spending time here if I'm not doing this. Like I can do it no other way at this point to where it reminds people like, oh, that is freedom. That is what feels good is giving myself that freedom. 
So it's just like this unnameable, unexplainable energy that we all have within us. And when we see, oh, there's a possibility to be free. Once I was freed after my childhood, it was like, I came here to be free. There is no other way. There's no other way. Yeah, the way that you speak to being a temporary vessel is so profound because I think so many things in culture are driven by seriousness and success and achievement and strategy and like moving forward in life in some way and answering to our own expectations or to society's expectations. And you just come into the room and you're like, hey, yo, remember, you're like in this body temporarily, let's have fun. And through your own embodiment, through the way you treat your own body, through the way you do your YouTube series, which I want to shout out, my life on earth is amazing. It makes me laugh every single time. It's so fun. Why aren't we all at all times, I guess I'm speaking for myself and anyone else who resonates in acknowledgement of the fact how temporary this all is and how the most important thing is this freedom of expression and joy and connection. Because what else is there? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for seeing it, for feeling it. And yeah, just amplifying that to all where it's like through that, when we are expressing and experiencing and embodying our authentic energy, that is when we are the best at our jobs, at our work life, in our relationships, for ourselves, in everything we do. It's when we allow ourselves, give ourselves full permission to enjoy it through being real with what is within, what's authentic to you. So I feel like that's why it feels so good. When I think about why is it that it's not just natural for us to press the free button and go in that mode is because in my experience, there's something that feels ashamed to be honest about who I am and what I want. And I don't even know what exactly that is. I'm just feeling into the energy of what it is and who I am and what I want to embody in this lifetime. And there's like a shame for not wanting to be more, I guess. Shine too bright. It's like this fear of what is it like for me to experience my full expressed self? And what is it like for others? Is it too much? Is it going to shine too bright? Is it going to overwhelm? Is it going to trigger? Is it going to, yeah, overwhelm even in a way? And it's interesting because I definitely have experienced my version of that where the activation vibration, as much as it activates divinity, remembrance, inspiration, happiness, joy, it also triggers the fuck out of people. Where sometimes I activate triggers where it's like projections and like things where, oh, she must be faking that. Or, oh, she's just this way because she was privileged. Oh, this is this, all these things where it's like, well, that's completely false. That's actually completely false. Or it's like, oh, do you even do light language on your own? And it's like, oh, it's literally saved my life in multiple situations that I've experienced alone where it's like, but this energy of often sometimes, and I've had people attack me too. It's like, I'll express myself and then people will attack me and have these projections and all these things that are so far out false where it's like in my personal life, it actually doesn't even really affect me because it's so false. And I like know that it's not true, but in terms of the virtual realms, like I feel like I'm doing a lot. I'm spending a lot of my time and energy to create in these realms and to share in these realms. And that's not my intention. Like my intention is love, happiness. Like how could you even take that? 
And then it's kind of this energy of like, oh, I don't want to show you then. Then I, I'm going to hide it. Then like you're projecting that image on this sacred thing that's real to me. That's not okay. But then it's like trusting it where it's like, I just have to give, give way to it, release it, know that if they are meant to see it, to get it, they will in due time. And if not, maybe not this lifetime, that's okay too. But either way, I have to know it and feel it so fully and just be so anchored in my knowing that it's like, I'm here to do this. And that is my greatest devotion. And just trust that to where it's like the universe ends up taking care of it. I'm so resonant with everything you're saying. I've been in situations on both the public figure side and also the viewer side where something triggers me so much that I'm just obsessing over it. And then some time passes, I create the space to really look within myself and I finally am able to see what part of me feels repressed or not seen or reflected in that person and them being the full expression of it and me not. And there's been so many times where that's happened where I'm like, oh my gosh, it was me the whole time. But I'm not the person who will like go and leave me in comments anyway. But just having this transformation, whenever I feel this pattern ever arising, I say, okay, do we want to go there? Or do we want to go outside of ourselves to judge this and project? Or do we want to choose to go within and actually resolve something to create more space for joy? And that's always a choice. And just knowing that has made such a profound difference. Mm, So beautiful. Yes. And yeah, I have also experienced that personally and even externally in the virtual realms where I've often gotten comments where people will come back and say, I saw your videos months ago and I hated you. I couldn't stand your energy. I completely shifted my life, went through a bunch of transformations. I'm so happy now. I randomly found your videos. Now I really resonate with you. I can actually hear what you're saying now. And it's like, wow, wow. Like I had no idea. And I've had to go through my own ego deaths of that experience where those have enlightened a perspective for me where I'm like, at first, like, how could they ever hate on me for my genuine, authentic expression? Like, this really is me. So like, that hurts even more. It would be better if I was like faking this or not really like this. And then you guys were hating on it because it, but like, why are they hating on that? Like, I, I need to maybe silence it a little bit or how do I adjust it? And it's just like coming back to that space where it's like, nope, is what I came here to fucking do. I have no choice. I have to. And with that, often they end up coming back around. And so it is this thing, and again, I've personally experienced it where things like with my family, the things that trigger me so much, my cat Sekhmet, whenever he used to pee on this one chair, I would get so upset. And I would ask myself, like, Heather, why are you getting, obviously it's not ideal and he's trained otherwise. So it's like, how is that? Why do you do it on that one thing? But I had to come back to myself and be like, Heather, why do you get so upset? And then I realized I used to pee my bed when I was little and my mom would get so upset. And so it's like, oh, wow, I get to do, this is an opportunity to have a healing. Luckily, I'm in communication with my mom now, with my mom about this whole thing and then was able to heal that segment, never peed again on that chair. It was an energetic thing. So yeah, it's just like things like that, where it's like, if we take triggers externally that activate us in a certain way to come back and do the inner work and the healing, we level up, we upgrade as a human, as a being, as an essence, as a soul, so many levels from doing that. So it's like, again, the activation vibration 
is to activate this divinity and love, but sometimes it's to trigger people. And some people, they so don't resonate with me. They so don't get it. They so don't get it. And that's okay. That's okay. Not everyone's meant to right now. It is not your job to manage other people's perceptions of you. I love this reminder from Heather Hoffman so much. And the next piece of the puzzle comes from Dr. Will Sue, who was my guest on 195. That's the number of the episode. And the conversation is about psychedelic integration on the surface, but really it's about emanating your essence fully in the world and healing and integrating all of the broken and abandoned, unseen, unloved aspects of you and trusting that they are an important part of your path. And that, yes, you have the capacity to transform pain into love. So I want to rewind back to your psychedelic experience. And it sounds like you've integrated a lot of it. You shared those four things that came through. And right now with your work as a psychedelic assisted therapist, a lot of your work is integration. Back then, were you familiar with that word? Was it part of your experience? How did you integrate it so that it actually continues offering healing in your life and offering guidance? Yeah, it's a great question. Actually, I'll step back because people started talking about the word integration probably around 2017, 2018 in the psychedelic circles. And then it's certainly now become a buzzword, in, especially in social media and in companies that are being started around it. I have actually never seen or heard a definition of what psychedelic integration is that to me feels complete. And I like to emphasize that I actually don't think that psychedelic integration needs to be or should be any different than preparation, like like really thoughtful and complete preparation for a psychedelic experience. But to add further to that, I would actually say it's actually about just having a strong felt sense, but also sort of approach to our own healing process and why we have become to have suffering to begin with. Because I think if we can understand that, we see the psychedelic experience or a tool just as another experience to help integrate what we, why we've become disintegrated, if that makes sense. And so, it, you know, so I'll give you an, an analogy that I share with my clients and that, that's very powerful to me as I've started thinking about how each human is like a prism, you know, and when I think about whatever, you know, I haven't really set myself on a certain specific thing, whether it, like where we come from, is that called God? Is that source? Is that spirit? Is that Pachamama? I don't know. Ultimately, that is the experience. No word is going to capture that. But if I think of this analogy of a prism and then this white light coming in, that's source, right? And ultimately, here we are as a human. And then each human then has this potential emanation, right? That's the spectrum that is released on the other side of the prism that is completely unique to any human that's walking this earth right now that has ever walked this earth or that will ever walk this earth. I remember the first time I had that, it gave me the chills. I'm like, we are each so unique. And to me, what I realized is sort of the 
the suffering that we experience or the things that we experience that we are calling that we need healing for later are blockages of our authentic emanation. Meaning because of school, because of religion, because of family upbringing, because of media, right? We're told, make your red less bright. Make your yellow a little bit more green tinged. Or, you know, that purple, really get rid of the purple. Or because of trauma, we start to be afraid to emanate our orange. Okay, but this, most of this stuff outside of adult trauma is ingrained into us by the age of 12. It's like 5 and 12 is, is where these you know, teachings are really imparted upon us. What's wrong? What's right? What's beautiful about us? What's not? And because it happens so early, A, it's unconscious. It's the discrepancy between how we want to emanate at our most authentic and how we are currently emanating, meaning or the difference between how we really want to be in the world as opposed to how we are being currently. It's that space in between those two things that I feel causes pain, physical pain or emotional pain. That's where the suffering comes is when we are not embodying ourselves at our fullest. So when I think about healing, I think about how do we get back to that? And psychedelics, as you know, maybe you can now see with my approach, that's why it's one way of helping us realize that to begin with, that that's a thing. I may not be living the life I want to live. It might help us release the emotion, which I, I kind of think of as of the glue. Like if there's like gunk on the prism or there's film on it because we've tried to change the color, keeps the gunk or the film on the prism is pain. It's like old shame. It's old fear. It's old sadness of what would happen if we were to emanate at our authenticity, right? So psychedelics can sometimes help us feel and release that emotion. And so that is my sort of summary in a nutshell of how I approach healing, right? And so for me, again, psychedelics are a beautiful tool for this, but I like to say psychedelics are neither sufficient nor necessary for healing, right? But, but combined with what I call the empathic witness in that experience, then they are, I think they're the most powerful tool we currently have. But, but they're not necessary, nor are they, again, nor are they sufficient because it's this, am I going to see how I'm living as opposed to how I want to live and willing to make those changes, whether it's you know, saying no to certain friend groups, whether it's breaking up with somebody, whether it's leaving a job, that is is ultimately, again, changing our lives to how we want to live. And that to me is is the quote healing. And so all of my clients understand that before as I work with them, whether they're doing sessions with me with ketamine or whether they're going to, I'm helping them prepare to go to an ayahuasca or psilocybin retreat. And if you could see sort of the way, the way I see it, though, that's why for me, psychedelic integration is this buzzword of, and, and this isn't a, a criticism of this current psychedelic community. I just think, you know, th- there's this quote who, that is attributed to Ram Dass that's coming up to me right now. I don't know if it's, I've actually never Googled it enough to, to see if it is true. But um, the, the quote is, you can only get as high as your shaman has gotten, meaning like, I think most healers are trying their best. There's just very few, I think, that understand this transformation, evolution, healing process very, very deeply. 
And so it's this mixture right now of capitalism moving into psychedelics and healing and companies and trying to, you know, buzzwords and quotes on Instagram of, but it's the how to actually make these shifts in your life, I think, which is, we just need time to catch up, right? We need enough of the the really experienced teachers and healers to train more healers and people. So that's my not so short take on psychedelic integration. The next outtake is from my conversation with Reggie Riverbear. Reggie was my guest on episode 197 after I've been working with her for a while as my sound medicine mentor and guide. And the work I did with her was profoundly impactful in so many ways. One of them is learning to use my voice and the energy of song and voice as something that is a through line through absolutely everything I do in the world. Using my voice as an expression of my art and who I am in the world and allowing breath to carry spirit, not just the sound. If you haven't listened to the episode with Reggie, I highly recommend it. There's a song that Reggie gifts us in the end. And in the meantime, here is my outtake from the conversation with Reggie Riverbear, whose music you can find on Spotify under Riverbear Medicine. I love her music so much. And for the first time ever, you heard it here. Reggie is the producer of my first ever track. I'll be sharing more about that soon. Made this transmission from Reggie share as a divine reminder that yes, you can find your community and yes, you are meant to in this lifetime. And what it takes is to make that conscious prayer and put it out there on the altar, make it clear and then surrender it and allow yourself to be led and then have the courage to take action on what you hear. I found myself struggling for a few years and feeling really lonely and really starting to manifest this belief that I had around being the outcast, being isolated through spirituality. And so as my beliefs came about in my world, I recognized like there's got to be a different way. There have to be more people who are living this way, but living in a good way. And so very, very long story short, um, I had a dream. I built a huge altar in my room. This is real life, not a dream. I built a huge altar. I was living in Denver at the time. And um, I sat at that altar for months, just asking spirit to send me my tribe, like take me to my people that I can feel myself with, because certainly I'm not alone. And I would go out to like yoga places or like places where I figured spiritual people would be, but nobody that I found really had the same like zest of life that I had. It was more like conceptual or doing certain practices and it's an, it's still very dogmatic, but that's not really what I was looking for. So then I had a dream about Hawaii and I jumped on an airplane a few months later. And when I landed on this incredible piece of earth, this true garden of Eden, where the air is one of the purest airs on the planet. You can drink the water from the waterfalls. There's dolphins and there's rainbows and there's whales and there's people eating the most elaborate fruits I'd ever seen. I got to strip off all of my survival mechanism, all of the parts of me that were scared to be free, that were scared to be me. And so 
that immediately then attracted a group of people that were living that way. And they were my peers and they were all beautiful and so alive and so radiant and wild. And um, I got to spend four months with them pretty much naked on beaches, drinking coconuts and eating fruits and really feel the division of how much I had packed myself in in surviving and trying to fit in and trying to to navigate this world of men. And now I got to have an experience what it felt like to actually live in alignment with nature, to actually be true to my heart. And it was also in that moment that my songs started to come through. I've been making music for a while before then, but my medicine was never really there. And I remember having this, this sadness in my heart from like, wow, maybe, maybe that's just not going to happen for me. Maybe I'm just writing for other people or singing these songs that other people have written. But then shifting into a, a, a surrounding, an environment that was in alignment with the frequency of my spirit, then it opened up this whole realm of spirit music to me. And I remember very specifically the first time being in an ayahuasca ceremony and sitting and somebody told me to sing and my whole body felt different. I didn't know what to do. I'm like, there's no way I can play a guitar now, but they were very insistent. And so I got the guitar and I set myself and I couldn't think of any songs. And the only song I could think of was this this mantra that I learned as a kid. And so I thought, okay, this is easy that I can do. And I took a breath in and I saw this huge goddess Sarasvati come into the space and she turned around and she sat in my body and I could feel all my cells merging with her and the couch that I was sitting in, sitting on turned into a swan and my guitar turned into a vena and she sang through me. And it was the first time ever that I felt like this is what it's about. This is not me singing. This is me opening and the universe singing through me. And it radically shifted the trajectory of my life. I, I ended up fully closing uh, my relationship, my life back in Colorado and really following the whispers of what I had now experienced to be true was this deeper connection to, to spirit, this deeper connection to songs, this deeper connection to music, this really liberated version of human experience. And so that led on a whole, a whole other adventure um, to Bali and Mexico and opening it up. So the music and the connection to spirit I think it's always been there, but the refinement is an ever ongoing process. And there've definitely been huge pivotal moments where I asked for something and it came and I was able to receive it and have the, the courage also to follow through, right? Sometimes we get asked to make big changes if we want to have a different life. And I see it also so much around me. It's like we have a desire, but we don't actually have the muster to follow through with what is being asked of us to get that change to actually start happening. So I think that's one of the blessings that, that I was programmed with is to have the courage to go, to go and to follow. And so now I get to have a very rich life that's filled with many beautiful things, but it also means I've had to make a lot of changes and leave things behind and work on myself quite a bit, <laughs> whichever I'm going. Yeah. So it's a journey. What changes are 
being asked of you now and what's the stage of expressing your medicine that you are embodying in this moment? What's come really strongly is I'm 33 right now. And so I've been through my Saturn return and the integration of that and went through the gateway of, of 33, which felt huge. And a big part of what that energetically has felt like is really a, a shift from maiden to mother or from princess to queen and really learning this whole new archetype that calls for radically knowing who I am to be able to stand in my power and share my blessings and not be unwavering in knowing that it's spirit and that I'm here to do this. So any outside pushback that could come from it cannot penetrate me because it's not my role to take it on. Whereas before, definitely influenced by not only opinions, but my imagination of people's opinions, <laughs> more so than really actually people saying something. And so this particular chapter that I'm just entering into feels like an invitation for strength, an invitation for my roots really strong in the earth. And that translates to how then do I share my music? How then do I share my ceremonies? How then do I work with the sisterhood and fluorescence? And it feels like I'm getting the opportunity to experience my growth in moments that I don't even recognize who I am in a really good way. Like so much has fallen away over the past two years. Many important relationships have left my life. Um, a lot of people have died and it's put me in a, in a cauldron of change. And now coming out on the other side, I get to experience a level of healthy confidence that I don't think I've had so much in the past. I've always been very like happy and easy, but a true sense of being centered as we, we say this so much, right? Being centered, but I'm actually, I think for the first time experiencing what it means to be here now in this body, fully connected to a greater body of intelligence that has its own plan and its own invitations for me. And I'm being asked to step up to really let go any smallness, any judgments, any how I think it should be, and just be a full service in strength and take good care of myself while I'm doing that. So it's a, it's a wonderful, powerful shift. And yeah, that bleeds through in the way that I want to share my music or in the way that I'm able to show up for people in ceremony and the depths of my prayer and all those, every element is immediately affected by it because it all comes through the same vessel, right? It all comes through my same filter. So I'm very grateful to have received some hard lessons that I needed, like looking, looking back at the past few years, feeling completely stripped from a world that I loved very much and feeling left very naked, coming out on the other side and getting to re-robe myself. We just did a beautiful ceremony with um, Gemma and from Sacred Chocolate, and we did an equinox ceremony. She was sharing about this dream that she had about getting a new dress and putting on new clothes and that spirit was telling her it needs to be white and gold, like these beautiful, very meaningful um, colors. And so that's what I feel like. I feel like I got to redress myself and I got to choose again, like, okay, what would the queen version of me, of my spirit 
walk like, look like, talk like, feel like, and I get to actually play with that and embody that. It's been really fun. When everything in your world seems to get confusing and you're not sure what you're meant to give your energy to, it's your invitation to slow down and pause and listen and remember that your value doesn't come from what you produce. It comes from who you are and the fullness of the emanation you can bring to every moment to yourself and to everybody around you and to the earth beneath you, to the sky above you, to the cup of chocolate, cacao, matcha or coffee, whatever you may be drinking as you're listening to this. The moment that I hit record on this last bit of this episode, I got my final assets for the new podcast cover art. And it feels so sacred and so special. And everything about its creation required some massive up-leveling, moving through discomfort, sharing my voice, expressing my needs, asking for help, and allowing myself to receive help. I'll share about that when it's time, if it's meant to be. But for now, I am going to leave you at that and pray that you have the courage to slow down, to listen, and to implement what you hear. That is the most important thing that you can possibly do for yourself, for your soul, for your business, for your voice, for your self-expression, for your social media, for everything, really. And I am so, so, so excited to share all of the new things with you. The plan is to do so next week, which happens to be my moving week into our new dream home. I'm still in disbelief of how this whole process unraveled of calling in the divine to find the most perfect buyer for a home and then moving here not knowing where we're going to live and just everything being organized so perfectly. Anyway, that will be later. I'm planning to reveal everything next week, if not next week, the following week. I always, from the beginning of this project, knew that it would be around my birthday, which is on August 11th. So it's a rebirth of the podcast, rebirth of me. It's all coming and I hope you find it as inspiring and expansive, delightful and creatively stimulating as I do. Until next week, my friend. Thank you for sharing this space and thank you for going on this journey with me and thank you for your trust. If you're moved by what was shared in this episode and not sure how to take action, Start by writing it down. When we notice abundance and clarity in all shapes and forms and honor it, it grows. And if you're called to share the podcast with someone who you know is ready to receive it, follow that. Find all episodes, show notes, and current offerings on KseniaBrief.com. Subscribe to Xenia Brief Podcast on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and a review, and take one deep breath into the knowing that's already within you.